and we are live for the 113th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luigi, and tonight it's Andrew and I. How are you doing, Andrew? What's going on, man? Uh, could be better, but we're here. Yeah, see, it's obviously first kind of post-series podcast of the year. Very happy to be doing this again, you know, when we were doing all those off-season lockout pods and just really just got me mad because it's just very frustrating doing a sports pod when there's just no games to talk about. And now we got some games to talk about, and it's a, it's always tough. This is such a – Andrew and I talked about this before the show. It's always tough doing a post-series pod after we won the series, but we're coming off a loss tonight, right? And especially the way tonight went, right? Sunday night baseball, Yankees-Red Sox. Yankees lose a close 4-3 game, and it was a very frustrating game for many, for several reasons. But, hey, the mission, right, an MLB is to win the series, right? It's to win 2-3. And the Yankees did that. So I'm not going to be too negative tonight. Obviously, we're going to talk about this game. We're going to talk about some of the things we liked, some of the things we didn't like. Um, a lot of the reaction on Twitter of people kind of, you know, I've seen a lot of people, I was saying this at the end before the show, I've seen a lot of people kind of say this feels different. We'll discuss that. We'll discuss all that. But Andrew, how, how are we feeling tonight? I think I'm um, Andrew, I, I know you went to opening day. Um, I, that was probably very fun. That was a great game to go to. A little walk-off action on opening day. Yeah, look, look, you said it, man. Um, it, it, it is weird podcasting, like, right on the heels of, of that of that game, uh, especially the the nature of how they lost, um, mm-hmm. just with putting yeah. men on base every single inning and, and not being yeah. able to score. But but you look back on it, and, and they took two out of three games against the Boston Red Sox, a team that eliminated us from the playoffs last year, was two wins from the World Series last year. Um, you can make the argument that they're maybe not a better team this year, but uh, I think any Red Sox fan would feel as confident in their team as they were last year. Um, so it's still big to take two out of three games from them to, to open the season. But uh, to, to the point, like you mentioned, where you see people saying on Twitter, like this, this season feels different. I, I don't know. I, and I don't want to make too many snap judgment reactions just because I do that a lot. Uh, I, I'm as guilty as anyone else with that stuff. But like, what was the one thing we were most frustrated about last year, right? The inability to to score runs when, when they had men on base, hitting into way too many double plays, getting outs on the bases. They didn't really do that tonight. I, uh, Gallo did yesterday, but like, it, it, I don't feel different. And, and that's kind of where my, my unsettlement on, on this team, again, it's only three games in, so so much can change very fast. But like why right now it doesn't feel any different than it did last year because it's the same type of games. And yeah, they'll win 90 games maybe, but like we know that's not, going to take them to the promised land if it doesn't change yeah so the you know my my thoughts so far is like look it's three games they're down 159 to go obviously there's still a lot of trends we can't make any like rash judgments right like let's give them some time to get settled we got to remember right especially this year there was a very short abbreviated spring training i think i think we've seen that just you know watching these yankee games like none of the three starting pitchers gave us any sort of length which is very you know it's usual for the first week of the season anyways but i feel like even more so this year because you know these pitchers are just not fully warmed up like usually maybe if they're 80 85% on a usual opening day start, starting pitcher it feels like this year they're closer to 70% you know you're talking about cole so obviously Seve was his first start in almost 1000 days so that's understandable but i mean look the one, let's just, we're going to go through each game, but I mean, the thing that stuck out for me this year was two, th- or this weekend was two things. One, our bullpen's still really fucking good. And two, 
it did feel like the offense was a bit of hero ball, right? It's still a bit of home runner bust. I mean, look, Rizzo and Stanton were both incredible this weekend, but it feels like they, you know, felt like it was kind of just if it was them or bust, right? I mean, six yeah, runs. Yeah, and, and look, you can, you can look game. at you can look at opening day and say uh, DJ LeMay who short porched one, and, and they could have very easily lost that game four to three too. Uh, his home run in the eighth tied it, and they ended up winning it in extras. But like you could make the argument they were that they were a couple inches away from falling. Two out of three in this series for, <laughs> and then can you imagine the the feeling um, having opening day going the same way tonight went? Like it's a completely different vibe. So it's tough, man. Yep, yep. But I mean, let like I said, won the series. So let's just go through each game. Uh, like I said, opening day. Um, <laughs> like I'm just laughing because I'm now remembering. It's like look right away. We were so excited, you know, the Yankees theme music comes on. They have like the little preseason hype or the you know beginning of the season hype minute thing on yes you're, you know you hear k and cone you're very excited and then garrett gold takes the mound and uh i mean i guess there was a little bit of a delay that he was like yeah like <laughs> he got in the dugout saying like let's fucking go right and like yes got on clip and like everyone was really excited about that because they thought he was just like really pumped but it was actually he was just really pissed because he still hadn't taken the mound and it had been like i guess like a few minutes past when the game was supposed to start so uh, it's kind of funny how, like, the lack of context on that. Because, you know, Garrett Cole, he came out and uh, he he picked up, like I said, I think I tweeted this out, like, he picked up right where he left off against the Red Sox from that wild card game. I mean, the first four batters reached, Devers goes deep. It's 3 nothing before we even get an out. It, it looked really bad. Credit to Cole, he calmed down, right? Gave us four innings, got, got you know, grinded through it, but... Yeah, that was a that was a really rough start to the season. It really were I think we were wishing for a lockout about 15 minutes into the regular season. Um, oh, I saw so many of those tweets. Oh, it was <laughs> like it was within great. minutes of the season started like, like oh, we're man. back. My God, ending was the worst thing that ever happened. I wish we were still not seeing baseball. This sucks. <laughs> Dude, it was it was very concerning. But like I said, he grinded through it and bottom of the first. The probably the player of the weekend, like I said, either him or Stan, Anthony Rizzo just, I mean, he had a great weekend, man. He really did. Uh, made us very happy we got him. We were like, you know, Freddie who uh, goes deep two-run homer in the first inning, kind of gives the Yankees, just like right away, gives them that juice back, right? I mean, you, it's so easy to just get, well, like, you know, you're down 3 nothing opening day. It's very, very easy just to get discouraged right before you even get to the plate. But that was huge Rizzo to come through like that. Like yeah, look, like the entire vibe is different. If the Yankees go down one, two, three in the first inning, and then you're you're down three runs, three, four innings into the game. Uh, now, could they have rallied back? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe core manages his bullpen different uh, with a bigger lead, and maybe it opens up an opportunity for us to come back in the game anyway. But like, I agree. Giving up three runs in the first inning, Cole looking like he has no idea where his pitches are going. Uh, you're just like. The place felt like a morgue in the first inning, really did, right? And then as soon as I was at the home run, you're like, all right, bam, we're back. We're down one run. We got the whole game to catch up. And then like that, I literally changed everything on a dime. Yeah, and then obviously we get the the Stanton port shot, which would have only been a home run in Yankee Stadium, classic. Um, the guy that really was just a menace all weekend, except Sunday really, was tonight, was Verdugo. I mean, he was just making diving plays, and he would just get up and get a, a home run, an RBI single. Like, he was really damn annoying. Um, he he gave the Red Sox the lead back, and then, like you said before, Andrew, DJ, big home run, bottom of the eighth inning, man. Um, 
I'm not sure why he didn't start tonight. We'll uh, we'll talk about that later. But DJ ties it up in the eighth, and then obviously, <laughs> I hadn't heard the term Manfred Man before. Like they had the Manfred Man on second. Um, but yeah, we go back to Manfred extra inning rules and Red Sox score one. Glaber comes up, gets a nice sack fly, and Josh Donaldson the walk off single on opening day. Um, I believe what they say was the first Yankees walk off on opening day since like 1967. I want to say it's in the 50s, I think. It, was, it had been a, it had been a damn while. So and also I don't know if you saw this other stat. Like you're talking about crazy stats. I, I saw this and I still don't believe it. I have to like double check it myself to to confirm it. Uh, but the stat that I saw tweeted was that um, Anthony Rizzo was the first Yankees first baseman to hit an opening day home run against the Red Sox. I know they don't play the Red Sox all that often on opening day, but like just right. go with this guy here. The first Yankees first baseman to hit a opening day home run against the Red Sox since Lou Gehrig. Like how? How is that a stat? Like it blew it's my mind. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Well, you look uh, back, like, when was the last time we played them? It was 2013. I couldn't even tell you he was playing first place that day. It was probably Travis Hafner, right? <laughs> so, like, I don't even know. Yeah, but, I mean, that was, it was definitely a fun opening day. Um, I mean, every time you get a walk-off on opening day, it's always fun. Uh, what's – any, uh, like, look, like I said, the story of the weekend was the bullpen. I mean, every day, like, Clay Holmes definitely, I mean, got off to a rough start. Uh, you know, not ideal to see, especially after how dominant he was last year. But, like I said, it's a long season. Um, Castro looked very good this weekend. Loisega, despite his walk problems tonight, looked very good. Chapman and his two outings looked very good. I mean, I'm – like, I think last year – I remember last year coming into the year, I was very, like, uncertain about the bullpen. I was like, ah, you know, this might be the year the Yankees bullpen just isn't that good. But, man, it's just, you know, like, every year it just seems like we have, like, an elite bullpen with just so many lead arms. And it seems like there's always that one or two guys that either comes up from the minors or that guy we just like randomly get from like the pirates or just some random NL team that just absolutely shoves for us. And yeah, like if you look those for like, like you said, Andrew, like how easily we, you know, this, the vibe is different. if like our bullpen doesn't hold that. And like, you look at those first two games, like those were both close tight games that like the bullpen just pretty much absolutely dominated both games and kept us in both those games. So yeah, yeah no, like I'm right there you, with you mm-hmm. in that I was a little iffy about uh, the bullpen in spring training, and then I think a couple guys were, were getting hit around a little bit. But I was really thinking about this, like, right before the season started, um, really, like, the morning of Friday, right, opening day. I kind of went through everyone we had, and you remember, like, yeah, Chad Green's still Chad Green, as long as he doesn't get overused. And that's been his biggest downfall is that he pitches, like, 65 times a year, and eventually he breaks down by, like, August, so if they can manage his innings better, he's awesome. Chapman is what he is. Uh, Peralta was great. We got a full year of Clay Holmes, and people forget how awesome he was. Uh, and then I love the addition of Miguel Castro. That's like a very under the radar. I was just one. about to say he looked very good. Yeah, like I know Joe Ellie Rodriguez had a, had a pretty good debut with the Mets the other night, uh, but I'm okay with trading him. I think Castro offers a, a lot of versatility. Uh, and maybe he'll be more of like a, a right-handed specialist. I know you really can't do that three batter rule anymore, but uh, I really like his stuff into the mix. Uh, and then even you look at guys who came out on Saturday, like Rob Marinaccio. I didn't really expect much from him. His stuff looked nasty. Uh, Lucas Litke looked really good the past few days. Jonathan Wiseco was like arguably our best reliever out of the bullpen last year. So that bullpen is very deep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just so many different arms to choose from, you know, like Peralta, Holmes, Eliza, Chapman, Green, King, like just there's a wealth of riches. And like it's like it really, you know, like I said, only three games. Let's see how the rest of the season goes. But it does feel like, hey, 
I mean, look, that, like we'll talk about we're going to you know talk about Saturday's game before Sunday's game, but it does feel like especially as the season goes on, and you know we know how Boone loves to just you know go out and throw out these like C level lineups. Man, it feels like if we don't have like our A lineup in there, like there's going to be just some absolute black holes in the bottom of our lineup. Like tonight, it was you know Trevino, IKF, Hicks. It's like man, those like you're just not getting any production out of those three guys. So that's and, and part of the really problem no there is that is that we're we're not as deep as you look at a roster like the Blue Jays are going to come into town uh, right. upcoming this week, but. There is some some upside in that in that lineup, right? Like Torres, we saw what he could do in 2019. Joey Gallo, of course, like if he's hitting, he can be an awesome piece. But generally speaking, they really haven't the past few years. Aaron Hicks, obviously, has been oft injured. Uh, he has he's been pretty bad too. So you look at tonight's five through nine. That's more than half of the lineup. And I don't want to call the black holes because there were some hits in there, but it just doesn't feel like you're going to get a lot of production and you're going to be relying again on guys like Justin Stanton and DJ to bounce back. And Anthony Rizzo can't be what he was this week all year. I don't think Uh, Donaldson will be okay in there, Uh, but like, it's tough, man. I think this is what we were worried about and why we were so mad that we didn't get a marquee guy like Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Carlos Correa, Matt Olson, Freddie Freeman, any one of those guys, right? You just add so much depth to your lineup mm-hmm. that we just don't have anymore. Yeah, it's like, look, guys, like, like people always talk about, like, raising the floor, right? And it's like a guy, guys like that, like, you know, they're going to, they're not going to go out there and just give you, like, you know, terrible production. Like, at worst, they're going to give you, like, decent to okay production, right? Like, if they just raise the floor and look like, like IKF, like, I know he had a hit tonight and you know, all that. But like, man, you just look at him and you say, man, like it. And look, like, can we talk about how shaky his defense was this opening weekend? Like, how many balls he butchered? How many, you know, he made that bad throw to Rizzo? Like, he, it's like, wait a minute, we, we thought you were like a defensive wizard, dude. Like, if you're, yeah, you know, even the if you're DP going he turned today, play, I, I know it was kind of a tough hop, but like he, he kind of and the runner that was one safe for a second. first, and they didn't challenge it. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, like this is the one thing. Like, if he's gonna come in and play absolute Gold Glove caliber shortstop, and he hits like 200 with limited pop. I don't agree with that roster construction, but it is what it is at this point, and you kind of deal with it. But if he's not even playing defense well, Jesus Christ, man. Right. Like, look, he went one for 11 this week with that one double, or this weekend with that one double and one walk, right? So it's like, look, I, like, I, I'll keep saying it. The first weekend, I'm not going to say, like, oh, you suck after three games, but hey. <laughs> it, like, we kind of, we were under the assumption of, like, okay, look, this guy's probably not going to, you know, light the world on fire. He's probably going to, you know, hit, like, single-digit home runs. But if he's playing, like, close to a gold glove level defense at short, okay, we really need that. You know, that was a real problem for us last year. So be it. But, I mean, <laughs> one weekend in, it's, it's not – it was looking pretty shaky. Oh my God! You want you want to talk about pain? Like I'm I'm I have uh, <laughs> I haven't turned off the TV from the game. They're just showing highlights. Of, oh, I, uh, I turned I turned it right off the moment. So I'm I'm, I'm I'm so SportsCenter's phone. They're showing highlights of uh, Twins Mariners. Not even catches today because I, I I didn't have my TV on all afternoon. Like Gary right. Sanchez had a grand, grand slam Gary, today. Like yep. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> and and actually, I, I believe I forget whether it was opening day or yesterday, Saturday. It was opening he, day where he hit. Two, he almost yeah, hit a, a walk off two, and one game part with of the one track. on, and he hit one to the Warner track. It was like did you hit a home run that day too? Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying I missed those guys because like Donaldson had a walk off for us too, and he's awesome. Right, it's fine. Right. Um, but yeah, let's go on to Saturday's game. Uh, once again, just like in every game this series, the Red Sox got out to like a two nothing lead. Uh, Saturday was no exception. Uh, they they got off to a two nothing lead and that was it. Also, shout out to Sevy, 
right? It was his first start, I believe, in 975 days. So that was a very big deal for Seve. Um, yeah, look, look, having him back healthy is, is so awesome. And I don't really know. I, th- I think we may have talked about this. Um, either it was in our in our chats or, or on the last podcast. But, like, if you expect him to go more than three innings, four innings at the most, like, I, I think that's irrational on your part. Mm-hmm. But, like, look, seeing him out there healthy, he wasn't struggling uh, with, with his control, right? His, his his fastball looked good. He made one big mistake on, on a mm-hmm. hanger to, to Verdugo. He was put, like, right in the wheelhouse. He was hammered. But, like, his changeup looks awesome. I know Cone was talking about how he's more than just a two-pitch pitcher now. Fastball slider, he's adding in that changeup, and that really mm-hmm. adds to his versatility. Like, Absolutely. him back in the, in, the, in the rotation is a gigantic uplift to us. Yeah, uh, obviously uh, did give up five hits and two runs over three innings, but did strike out five guys, didn't walk anyone. So, yeah, you know, definitely a nice little start uh, for Seve, first start back in a while. Um, but, look, this was a game where, once again, the bullpen was just absolutely spotless, right? Six innings, no hits. Uh, you know, the bullpen has been, like we were talking about before, definitely a bit too many walks. Like, you know, the wise go walked a couple guys tonight for all to walk someone tonight. There were three walks on Saturday, but I mean, look, if I'll take like a couple walks over, you know, a few hits. Right. So especially with bullpen guys where a lot of times that those hits end up leaving the yard. Um, but yeah, this was another game where look, it was, it was Rizzo and Stanton. That was the offense, right? The two kind of MVPs of the weekend. Like Rizzo gets the two-run homer in the fourth, and then Stanton gets the two-run homer in the sixth. And that was like all the Yankees' offense. And look, like we like I don't you don't want to complain too much about being homer bust, but like my big thing is always like, look, I'm someone that understands that like there's a lot of really damn good pitchers in baseball, and when you go up against a team and you're going up against like a solidified number one or number two guy. And, you know, you get shut down. Hey, man, so be it. Like, it's, you know, when like it's almost like when a great basketball player just drops like 40 points on you, you're defending them the whole time. Like, hey, man, sometimes the guy's hot, he's hot, you can't do anything about it. That's like what's going like against a great pitcher. But, man, like with the Red Sox, <laughs> the guys they were throwing out there weren't exactly, uh, you know, like A-level guys. And just to, just to see the Yankees really not like, I don't know, just to see them not have that game where they, you know, put up like that big inning where they're, you know, just hitting the ball. I mean, like tonight they they had 11 hits, but obviously only three runs. I don't know. It just, it just feels like against a team like the Red Sox, they should have had a bit more of an offensive outburst, you know? Like that's the Yankees run, didn't score runs more than two runs in any inning in right. the whole series, right? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was just kind of like, all right, home run here, and then a few innings later, maybe a you little know, home run there. Like, it's just, I don't know. Look, just, look you, you look at it outside of um, – opening day and both of those scenarios were, were in extra innings uh, beneficiary of, of an inherited runner. Um, they have one RBI hit this series. And that was the, the Rizzo two run single tonight that tied the game, everything else, all the other runs were scored to be a home run. So uh, look, look, this is kind of what I, I think our, our biggest concern was. And, and it frustrates me because who, who posted it in our group chat tonight uh, that's, Michael K was talking on on that that K Rod broadcast that like he challenges uh, Brian Cashman about like hey why is your team so home run reliant and they were like insistent on hey this yeah, is they were the, the best way to build the the roster and like we have data that shows that this is the best way it's like what data you went home in the wild card game last year like like you haven't right. won a World Series in twelve years at what what point can you continue to dig your heels in and think that you're smarter than everyone else in the room when they're beating you every year. 
Yeah, I did, like see, I, I was gonna mention that, um, like the K Rod Brock. I did not listen to or watch the K Rod broadcast. Um, no, me neither. I feel like I'll watch it next Sunday. Where they say that it's the, they nominated like Ozzy Albie, so I guess it will be the Braves versus someone. Um, on Sunday Night Baseball, I'll probably watch it then. That you know, because I just didn't want to watch. Like, and I've I thought the broadcast booth was very good tonight with Coney with Ravage. I thought it was very good. Yeah, no, Cole Ravage is I, I think well one of the best that ESPN has to offer, and mm-hmm. it's actually upsetting that it's taken him this long to get such a high marquee gig. I know he gets a lot of like those midweek games for like the past right. decade or so, but like I'm so happy for him that he's finally gotten like the primary spot on Sunday Night Baseball. And David Cohn's an awesome addition. Like obviously we see what he does on Yes Network, but mm-hmm. he just has so much insight. And he's like I, I get he played a year on Boston, but even if it was a team that he hadn't played on at all and the Yankees like he's very unbiased he's very knowledgeable across right. the board like tonight I think the new format they have is fantastic and I don't see myself mm-hmm. tuning into many of those K-Rod broadcasts first of all yeah they, the, the reviews from them tonight were not great so I don't know I may have to check it out myself but I love the ESPN uh the new Sunday Night Baseball booth yeah no that's why I said I, I definitely want to check it out but like I'm that like you said I'm not sure if, if I'm watching a Sunday Night Baseball game I'm probably just going to watch the regular broadcast because it does seem very good um, but yeah, let's move on to, the, to today's game. Obviously, the one loss, you know, first two wins of the series, secure the series win, going for the sweep on Sunday Night Baseball. And look, bottom line is most of the time when you get 11 hits and the other team gets six hits, usually you win. Or if, excuse me, when you get 11 hits, the other team gets five hits, usually you win that game, right? I'd say like probably eight, maybe even nine out of 10 times. But yeah, what tonight, was the total count? The Yankees had 15 base runners tonight. Yes. Um, and three runners, three yeah, runs scored. Jeez. And like, like, and I, I hate being like so like negative because look, we won the series, but like you have to understand, like we started recording this ten minutes after the game ended, so it's definitely still like you know anytime it's fresh you, in our minds. Any, yeah. Anytime you lose like a game like that, you know, going for the sweep and a game that like, like I feel like a game if we if they came out and you know we lost like eight to two you know like Gumby just didn't like let's say you know Gumby but first of all let's just talk about Gumby getting hit by that ball in the first <sighs> inning and then staying in the game and actually you know pitching okay obviously didn't like the world on fire got relieved in the fourth but definitely was like hell of a trooper for staying in after that could have been a lot worse I mean I think I think it hit like the kind of like the meaty part of his calf. You know, like at, at first you look like it hit like kind of the back of his knee and that gets like really kind of sketchy there, you know. You can, yeah, like, and, and Hoax already tweeted that um, yeah, negative. They, they gave him an MRI and there was no, um, nothing really severe. Right. He said that there was some swelling on the left side of his knee, but he's going to be ready to pitch his next start. So uh, yeah. all things considered, like I immediately thought like, oh my God, he broke mm-hmm. his kneecap or something like yeah. that. Or, or worse, like it hit into the shin and he broke his, nah, his just... what was it, fibula, like like, uh, I mean, like they said it... a couple years ago. Right, they said it was... Uh, 103 miles per hour off the bat it did bounce once which obviously you know probably took the sting out a little bit it wasn't like straight on because like I, like a few people who weren't watching thought it was like a line drive and i'm like no nah, you know it was a one hopper but definitely still very painful but credit to gummy for sticking out there but yeah like i said a game that like if the red sox came out and just absolutely hammered gumby and like all right you know we lose eight three whatever but i mean a game like that where you just have so many runners on and the red sox you know like I said they had five hits and four runs. Now, credit to them. You know, when they got those hits, they got the runs in, right? They had two sack flies. They had Dahlbeck had that home run. Yeah, what's they, that one, like? Regularly getting sack flies. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, you know, they once again jumped out to an early lead, 2 nothing. Um, 
But yeah, it was just like a very kind of weird game. Like, I don't know, like they weren't going to do anything. And especially when, like I said, you got to that bottom of the lineup and you're just like, oh, here comes, <laughs> here comes Hicks. I, I mean, you fuck, throw Gallo in there too. Here comes Gallo, Hicks, IKF, and Trevino. It sucks that we have and, like that condescension just, going for half our lineup already. I, games so, this season. But really, like I, like someone, like I saw it right away. I said to myself, man, like if Gallo is not, on tonight that's like that's almost half of our lineup that's just dead like, his credit he did tee up a ball yeah uh, one time and but like so, look like he doesn't look see hicks looks lost up there right now like he looks mm-hmm. absolutely lost his swings are bad like even when he's like found even when he's like taking pitches he's like half check swing you know he's, just he's totally guessing yeah but like gallo like he doesn't look like totally on like look i'll give him the benefit of the doubt with his last at bat tonight like a lefty lefty matchup with a guy like beekman like that's fucking brutal Okay, like that just look like that's that's a tough matchup to face, right? For like, yeah, I, I don't even. I mean, we could talk about Aaron Boone not even attempting yeah. a pinch hitter there, but like that's whatever. Yeah, but it's, but like yeah, Gallo and a lot of his other bats. Like, there's been a lot where you know he's lined out, he's you know worked the count, he's worked some walks. So like, I don't know, he he doesn't look completely lost up there. Doesn't look. I'm not gonna say he looks great, but you know, I mean, look, he went one for ten this week with three walks, right, and four strikeouts. So. You know, one hit in three games, obviously, is terrible. But, you know, like I said, three games in, got to give him some time. But, yeah, just <laughs> like 11 hits and just only three runs. Like, it's just fucking brutal. Like, let's be real. I mean, credit, shout out to Stanton. Uh, three hits tonight. Uh, does, did end the streak of home run, uh, consecutive games with the home run against the Red Sox. Six. Very sad. I wanted him to keep that going. Yeah, but every single time he, he, he makes contact, the ball's 110 miles an hour yeah. or, or faster. So, like. Yeah, like they said on the broadcast tonight, he already has like four of the six hard, like hardest hit balls of the year already. <laughs> he's just, he's insane. He really is. Um, but yeah, like definitely just a sour, t- a sour taste in your mouth after. And look, once again tonight, I mean, obviously uh, Schmidt gave up the home run, which ended up, you know, he ended up being a losing pitcher. But I mean, I really like, it probably left him in too long, which like, I'm not going to be like, you know, like I, yeah. There's no one that loves getting on Aaron Boone as much as me, let me tell you. But I'm not going to, like, look, it was like he brought him in in, like, the fourth inning, right? And it's like, a game, like, look, this upcoming week, like, the Yankees do not have an off day. And it's the beginning of the year. Like, you just, you know, like, I don't blame you for trying to get, like, a few innings out of Schmidt when, you know, like, just think, like, Seve, Cole, going to be, like, none of your pitchers gave you more than five innings, which is normal in the first weekend of the year. But, you know, you just don't want to, like, overtax your bullpen, especially – going into a four-game set against a team like the Blue Jays where yeah, you might need your bullpen, right? There's a good yeah, chance. Yeah, there's, there's going to have to be one or two. chance that one of, your, one of your two of your pitchers gets absolutely shelled and needs to be taken out like before three innings against an offense. Well, look, look, you know, you J.P. Sears that. hasn't pitched yet this year. He's going to be a guy who right, just gets right. thrown out to the woods if they need uh, him this week. Oh, hey, it's like, hey, five, six nothing in the third inning. J.P., here you go, bud. Um, but yeah, that's so I really I'm not gonna like blame Boone for leaving Schmidt in, but yeah, like once again, like I said Saturday, the Yankees bullpen went six innings, didn't give up a hit. Tonight they went, I believe, five innings and only gave up one hit, and it was that home run. So I mean, just back to back games were like the bullpen just kind of keeping us in it, and obviously it didn't work out tonight. But I mean that's that's winning baseball, right? Like I I felt confident going into that last thing, and we had. Uh, Judge, Stanton, and Gallo, right? In a one-run game. Like, you'll take that, you know, you'll take that, right? You'll take those chances. Um, 
before we, because uh, we didn't want to make this too long of an episode, we kind of missed this on the, this literally happened like we recorded the preseason podcast and then this news came out about the Yanks and Aaron Judge not reaching a, you know, an agreement, not uh, reaching a contract extension. It seems like Judge is going to test free agency. There's been rumors about how much exactly Judge wanted, you know, the years, 36 million a year, nine years, but a lot of unconfirmed like rumors, but definitely very interesting. Um Definitely very interesting. Uh, I know Andrew has a lot of th- a lot of thoughts on on that. Um, Andrew, yeah. What if- Look, I get that you set your your standards as high as possible, right? And then you kind of settle for whatever the, whatever's available there. And he wants to see what the market has to say rather than just the Yankees. But look, this guy is already thirty years old, and he does have a, of an injury history and granted he did play most of the year last year and he looks like he's in pretty good shape again this year but at a certain point like I'm I I try to be pretty neutral on this stuff I know people are always like oh the players are are, deserve everything and and the the whole team's cheap it's like first of all like people work like us who have to just you know work to to get by like have no comprehension of like people who make 10 million or more a year and they're like oh the players deserve all this like think about like they, they're so detached from how the, the rest of us the rest of the 99 percent of us right survive um the yankees if they came in and they lowballed aaron judge like like a complete garbage offer right like they said he wanted to beat they they, they the, the original release on the morning of opening day was that they made an offer to make him the highest paid position player in team history, which as of right now is still Alex Rodriguez, a 10 year, $275 million deal. She figured, oh, well, that was 27 and a half AAV. What are the Yankees going to come in at like 28.2 or something like that? And then to find out that they gave him $30.5 million a year for seven years after this year, when then, and then this year would just be whatever the, the ARB settlement was. And when he said no to that, I first thought like, the Yankees couldn't just fork up an extra 10 million this year. Would that be enough to get by eight years, 30 million call it a day. And it turns out that like, if what David Cohen said on the broadcast today, that that wasn't even remotely close that he wants to get paid like Mike Trout. Like, I don't know in what world he thinks that's feasible. Well, and if he gets hurt this year, like he'll never see an offer like that ever again. Right. Yeah. That thing, like he's betting on himself. And I think one of the things that I think why he's doing this is like, look, he knows and his team, so I'm telling him, like, you, look, like, yo, you're the face of baseball. Like, you may, like, production-wise may not be worth as much as Trout or, you know, Bet or these other guys. But, like, you look, you're, like, you're the face of baseball, right? Like, you're probably, like, you know, you're, like, the face of the New York Yankees. So, like, you have to, like, they're trying to use that as, like, leverage to get him more money, which I understand, right? You know, you're... You're trying to get your client as much money as possible. You're trying to, as a player, trying to maximize your earning potentials. I get it, but... Yeah, it's it's definitely just gonna be like a weird kind of cloud over the team all year, and you know, like Boone's like, oh, it's not gonna bother Judge if there's one guy, but I don't know, it's it's something that like you're thinking about, cause like I don't know what it's one of those things where it's like you always thought Judge would just be a Yankee, and now like I don't know, like the first thing that I thought of was like, damn, is Judge gonna be like Cano? Where like we just always thought Cano would be a Yankee, and he was always so because like definitely you know two different players, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I same, certainly same like vibe, that. same like vibe. It's like you know you just w- would watch Cano, and like it was never a thought when Cano was on that he would be anywhere else. And then like you know when he we didn't resign, it was kind of just like a very weird thing. Now obviously we know what happened with Cano with the steroids and everything else, but 
I don't know. It just still felt like it just that's what like the first thing that I was kind of reminded of was like, damn. Yeah, it, it, it might just be my situation. own stubbornness, but I kind of figured that the Yankees would be able to avoid a situation like that. And, and then when the news broke on opening day, like right before the game started, that they didn't come into agreement, it all just came like crashing down. Okay. I like I was so sure that they just figured out they'd be done. He would be extended. We wouldn't have to worry about this ever again. And I can tell you, like there was a very weird vibe. Maybe it was just me personally, but it kind of felt like hovering over the stadium and whatnot. That just like, hey, we're about to play baseball. First, first game of the year at home against the Boston Red Sox. But like everyone was had was unsettled yeah. because of that that judge thing. And I was actually worried because I somehow got in early enough. Like with security was was a disaster. Um, as it was at the end of last year too. I don't know what they're doing, but it takes way longer to get in than it used to. Like even with the metal detectors coming in like mm-hmm. 2019, it's really bad. Anyway, so I got in for player introductions and I was like sitting there at my seats as they were going through the Yankees reserves and then the starters and I'm thinking like is there a chance that people here are gonna like boo him like do they yeah. are they do, are they aware of of what happened with the contract and they think that he's like not a team first guy anymore are they gonna boo and they didn't but like the fact that I was even worried about that like, it's just yeah. such a weird vibe no it's true like I, like I said like a judge was just always like you think like oh a judge is always gonna be a Yankee but you know, now I feel like after that, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe not. Like, maybe, and like, there is a part of me that kind of says, like, you know, like, if the Yankees don't want to pay him that much, like, I don't really blame them. Like, as much as I love Judge and as much as I can't imagine Judge not being on the Yankees, I do understand why they wouldn't want to give a 30 year old, six foot seven, 280 pound guy who's had some injury issues that type of money. <laughs> like, you, you kind of like, as much as I love to call the Yankees cheap and all, like, like I, I kind of get it. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Hopefully, you know, I feel like it will kind of die down as, like, we get more into the season. But, you know, like, the moment, like, the Yankees start struggling. Because, like, that's another other thing. People say, like, hey, if the Yankees start struggling and they're really bad, like, you you, you got to trade Judge. And it's like, you know, that's that's a whole other rabbit hole. Let's hope we don't get to that point. But it definitely does feel like it's just going to kind of be, like, a weird dark cloud over the team this season. Um, but, and, Andrew, any uh, final thoughts about this opening weekend? Before we uh, look ahead to the Blue Jays series. No, I think we I think we beleaguered it enough. But yeah. I, I really am, especially after after tonight. I, I am just hesitant that we're gonna fall into the, the the same bullshit that we we went through last year, right? Like they can get guys on base, they can hit some home runs, the pitching will be fine. Um, defense, I think they'll clean up. I think it's just early season, whatever. But look, if the offense is gonna be so reliant on the home run again, like I just don't know how much I could stay confident in this team. Like, even if they end up winning high 80s, low 90s games, like, I just don't know how you feel confident that that's a winning formula to bring home championship number 28. We'll see. Um, like I said, such a long season. But the thing I'm looking at is obviously, bullpen, like I said, bullpen looks elite. But Yeah, look, look, look. What, what, here, what, let's, let's, I have this tower here. So the Yankees bullpen in three games. I know you kind of gave them for each game individually, but in aggregate, 18 and two-thirds innings pitch, two earned runs, which is an 096 ERA with 19 strikeouts. Like, that's a dominant probably unit. And probably only, like, you know, four hits, you know, <laughs> like four hits given. That's that's damn good, man. Um, yep. What do you call it? Yeah, so, like, I'm looking at, because obviously, you know, like I have said before, the first weekend of the year, first, Scott, with you guys, first start to the year, especially with an abbreviated training this year, you're just not going to get that length. These starters still aren't at 
But let me like look at the Yankees starting rotation. You know, if we get good Cole, Sebi's a, a solid number two guy. Can't forget about Nasty Nestor. Maybe Tyone decides to have a little bounce back here. This this team could just be led by their pitching, you know. And like, yeah, as frustrating as it would be if it's this offense just playing hero ball all year, and it's like, all right, hey, who whoever the hot bat is, uh, you know, carry us to a win. You know, get like three, four RBIs so we could win like a five three game. Like, as frustrating as that may be, like, you know, that, like, you got to work with what you got, right? And if we're... It's an interesting dynamic. Like, obviously, in an ideal world, you'd be like, like with the Astros every year where they have awesome pitching and awesome hitting. And that's probably not going to happen for us. But, like, if given the choice between the two, do you feel like you would rather have a team that has an awesome offense and you just hope you have enough pitching to get by? Or would you want a, a dominant pitching staff? and just sweat out getting enough runs every night. And, and I'm, I really don't know which of those two yeah. I'd personally choose, uh, just because we've, we we had the latter of those two uh, the, the past the past season, and even, I guess, in, in 2020, short season. It sucks, right? Like, you'd almost rather just be like, yep, Arvid's going to score six, seven runs every night. Uh, we're going to give up a bunch of runs some other nights, but every once in a while we're going to, well, we'll shut them down. Like, look at look at Toronto, right? So they've given up a lot of runs to the Texas Rangers, who are also an awesome offensive team. But yeah. like, you look at, at at the Blue Jays; they have arms in there where they can they can shut you down. But they can also have nights where they just get blasted. And I think you kind of live with that because your offense is so elite. Um, like that's probably the the preferred <laughs> strategy at, at this point. Like I, that that plays better today. It's it's more fun for the fan, obviously, but. It's going to be another slog if it's if it's a uh, good pitching, no offense type team again. Yeah, like I said, I think the Blue Jays are the team I'm most scared of in the in at least this year. Like, I have the Rays and Red Sox, you know, are always going to be solid, like, you know, formidable opponents. But, like, that Blue Jays team, man, that like Springer, Bichette, Vlad, Chapman, Teoscar, Gurriel, like, it's just <laughs> – like, I just miss – like – like, there's teams, like, obviously, like, the Astros have had these lineups, like, we're one through nine. I mean, you know, maybe there's one, you know, weak link in there. And there's that, you know, maybe it's your catcher, that, like, kind of second baseman that's not that good. But, man, like, the Blue Jays, one through nine, it's are just, like, a great lineup. And that's, like, it's, there's just no breaks in there, man. They're really, like, when you have guys like, you know, guys like Gurriel and Teoscar Hernandez, it's not even, like, one of, like, on, like the top half of your lineup. You know, like, that, that's that's just insane, man. Um, I'm very, very like I, I, if the Yankees split this week, I'll be very happy, right? Because it is a four game set. All four games are at seven o'clock. Thankfully, this game is in New York because, as you know, and this is going to be a theme all year, unvaccinated players are not allowed to play in Canada. So, you know, I believe I don't want to accuse anyone of being unvaxxed, but I believe that. Judge Rizzo and Stanton are unvaccinated. Was it Judge Rizzo and Higgy? Higgy uh, he, or, or Donaldson, although he may have gotten it. Um, I think it's some. It's either two or three of those four guys. Right, and as I, far I, as we know, but it's just very possible they get it this week, right? Like they don't go to to Toronto right. until the first week of May, I think. So mm-hmm. I think they only see. technically need one shot. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see about that. But like, you know, obviously the Yankees aren't going to be the only team dealing with that. Um, like, well, if, look, look, you, you bought, can look at the NBA, right? Like, yeah, the, 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 the just don't have Matisse, Matisse Tybel playing yep. against the Raptors this week. So 
and it was even discussed that like you know because the Celtics were supposed to you know there's a chance they were playing and they were saying how the Celtics have like they said like two quote unquote frontline players who weren't vaccinated and like what the rumors were that one of them was Jalen Brown so like <laughs> so like this yeah like that that's definitely going to be a recurring theme throughout all sports you know in terms of like dealing with going to Canada so like that's definitely going to be something to look out for um but like i said this series is in new york so we won't have to worry about that for now um but yeah uh four game set against the blue jays man uh you started the year off with the red you know three against the red sox four against the blue jays it's good to, i you always like facing your division opponents early in the year right kind of get a little i remember like what was it last year was it like we didn't play the red sox until like may well, am, I, am i am i thinking that correctly because like, i i remember there was a I think it was last year where it's like it took a you while you might be right i know or, there was something or maybe we only played them like one series in the first like two months and it was yeah, like, like play once, them and then like we didn't play them yeah and then we like didn't play them again until the summer and it was just like wait a minute like why we only played the red sox like three times in the first 80 games yeah so yeah so yeah so and then was, we had the murderous schedule at the end of the year the last nine games were uh, at boston yeah. at toronto and then home to tampa yep Oh man. So any, uh, any final thoughts, Andrew? Um, look, like I said, even though it's always tough recording like directly after a loss, especially a loss like that, but it's great to have baseball back. It's great to get an opening series win. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I think, I believe it's Tyone tomorrow night and then Nestor Tuesday. I'm really excited to watch Nestor pitch. Uh, I kind of forgot how like last year, if I had to rank, like top because you know last year obviously was not very fun overall but one of the my favorite things about last year was watching Nestor pitch and kind of watching like the year he had um wait you mean it wasn't it wasn't watching Andrew Haney pitch <laughs> you mean it wasn't watching Joey Gallo hit 190 uh yeah so I'm very excited I think it was actually 160 with us oh god yeah well, it was 190 <laughs> overall oh god but yeah uh, I think that'll be that'll just about do it for tonight um like I said, great opening series win for the Red Sox. Uh, but yeah, we'll see if the offense wakes up. Cause look, <laughs> let, let's just let's just say I think the offense we're gonna we're gonna need to score more than like three or four runs a game against Blue Jays most of these games. Yeah, look, 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 look. Just gonna take a guess at that, and I'm pretty sure. Well, we're ultimately, with, with with the offense, the the biggest thing is gonna be who actually bounces back, right? Like DJ looks like he's starting to get back to, to what he was. He's, he's tagged the ball well a bunch. But, look, I really do think that the the entire success of the offense this year is going to revolve around guys like Gallo, Torres, and Hicks because they play a critical role in the offense. Like, those three guys are a third of the batting order on any given night, right? Like, you know what you're going to get from Stanton. You know what you're going to get from Rizzo. You know what you're going to get from Judge. If those three guys are, are black holes, like, I, I don't see how this team has, has a chance. But if they can figure it out, and again, I'm not going to be like, well, that's it. They're going to just be shit players all year based on three games. But like so far, the returns aren't good. There's still 159 games to figure it out. I really think that's going to be the the X factor to the Yankees this year is is how those three guys play. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody in, you know, someone amongst like the non-elite hitters needs to step up, right? Whether it's someone who's currently in the lineup, whether it's someone in the minors, whether it's someone that we're going to need to get in a trade, right? We're definitely going to need more production out of the bottom half of this lineup. Simple as that. But like I said, got a big four game set against Toronto coming up. We'll probably pod. I mean, the game's Thursday at seven, probably pod like right after that game. Then they play the, they travel to Baltimore next weekend, right? So 
No off days next week, man. But I love that, man. I love just having seven straight days where I have a Yankees game to watch, right? Assuming no rainouts, because we always we know, especially in April, that's very common type of rainouts, like we did on opening day. Um, but for Luigi, for Andrew, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. And as always, the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast is brought to you by Six Pack Coverage. <laughs>